like I said, I'm just going to jump in today, all right? Like, no, no stories up front. Like, here we go. We're going, all right? So let's break this verse down. Do not. When you start the verse with do, the you is understood. You control your heart. You control your response. So church, each individual in this room controls how they're going to step into this next year. Each individual in this room gets to determine what they want their mindset to be. I've preached on mindset several times. I told the team this morning when we were setting up, listen, I'm going to talk about mindset a lot because I believe that life starts with the real estate between your own two ears. I believe that life starts here because oftentimes you have two types of people. You have fixed mindset and growth mindset. Fixed mindset says there, this is what I'll call fixed mindset. I'll call fixed mindset that Eeyore mentality. Y'all remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Like you go talk to, like somebody goes talk to Eeyore, Eeyore, how you doing? Well, this is the worst day ever, right? And it's like, Eeyore, how was your 2020? Well, 2020 was terrible. Yeah, man, it was, it was bad for everybody. But like, like, it's New Year. Like, yeah, but, but I should have got a raise last year and I didn't. Well, yeah, people went through financial hardship. Like, we, we get that. Yeah, but I got sick and it took me a month to get over it. Man, man, I get that. Like, people, people, people got sick and it's a very real thing. But we have this Eeyore mentality that it's like, woe is me. Everything is bad and everything's going to be bad. And it's that fixed mindset opposed to a growth mindset which says, no, I, I can see something, I can see something happening. I, I can see God moving. I can see something for my future. Sure, the last year was unprecedented, but I can see something beyond that. Yeah, life gets hard, but we aren't walking around in bondage unless we put ourselves there. Why? Because, because my Bible says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Paul says it again. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation, church, by prayer and petitioning, give thanks. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. So scripture says rejoice and give thanks. But the question is why? Why am I going to rejoice? Why am I going to give thanks? Because the reality of it is we're all already set free. See, too many people are walking around in a war that they've actually been set free from. Too many of us Christians are walking around fighting battles that we were never meant to fight. I believe that there's people in this room and outside the walls of the church that don't recognize what true freedom is. Let, let me give you a story. In March 1974, there was a Japanese soldier. His name was Lieutenant Hiro Anada. And, and, and Lieutenant Anada emerged from the jungle of the Lubang Islands in the Philippines in 1974. Now, what was unique about that is when, we, when he came out of the jungle, he was still dressed in his World War II attire. He was still dressed like he was fighting in a war. But the strange thing is that the war ended 29 years prior. So for 29 years, this lieutenant thought that the war was still going on. For 29 years, Onada with his three fellow soldiers, had been cut off from the rest of their troops. And for three decades, he was kind of surveying military facilities, 
He was having skirmishes with locals and still fighting a war that he thought he was in. Because Anada didn't believe that the war was over, he continued running, hiding, and merely surviving church for three decades. Three decades. What if? What if he would have come out? He could have rejoined his friends and his family. Maybe he would have started a business. There's no doubt that he would have probably had a better life than hiding in the jungle for 29 years. And and that story is a true story. And it sounds like, man, how could someone ever do that? But church, there are Christians doing that every single day of their life. They're running. They're hiding. Yeah, sure, they might fight in a few local skirmishes. And and they might want to battle the enemy every now and then. But they never recognize their true freedom. What would happen is if we as a church stepped in to our true freedom, if we stopped running, stopped hiding, and stopped merely surviving. I think in 2020, we just survived. In 2020, we just kind of got by. But what if you're already free? How about this question? What if you just don't fully realize it yet? What if we don't fully realize what our freedom is? Means. And if this is the case, then doesn't it make sense that the enemy would do everything in his power to keep you from realizing that you're truly free? To keep you from realizing your freedom? Uh, Imagine with me for a second. What if we could live free? Just for a moment, what if you could take a look at your life and you were truly free from a few of these things? What if you were truly free from guilt and shame? What if you were truly free from sinful habits? What if you were truly free from bad memories of abuse? What if you were truly free from the fear of failing, from the free of being great, free from laziness and complacency, free from inconsistency, free from depression, free from explosive anger, free from unforgiveness, free from negative self-talk? Again, that mindset, too many of us stare in the middle or in the mirror and, and talk negative to ourself. What if you were free from the controlling opinions of others? What if you were free from intimidation? Free from emotional crutches and excuses? Free from financial burdens? Free from physical ailments? Free from addictions? Free from fear? Free from failure? Free from worry and anxiety? Free from anything that holds you back from being great? Can we be like, it's like the air sucked out of the room now. It's like, oh, I, I think I sat on everyone's toes. Right? Like, I think I got everybody, right? But, but let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be vulnerable for just a moment. I'm not talking about sitting in a circle and let's hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya. I'm talking about real stuff that nobody wants to address. I'm talking about real stuff that for some reason the church kind of tiptoes around and won't fully step into. See, we all have thoughts. We all have habits. We all have patterns and behaviors and mindsets and desires and emotions. And and church, can I remind us, we all have sin. We still all have sin. That if we were truly free from it, it would change our life drastically for the better. Let, Let me pose it this way. We all know what our demons are. My question to us this year is will we actually face them? I know what Zach Witt's demons are. I know the skeletons in my closet. Will I actually face them? 
You know the skeletons in your closet. You know the demons that you face every single day. Will you actually face them? Because some of us have been staring at the same demon for decades. See, we want to say, oh, we're not like that lieutenant. We're not like that soldier that ran around. But church, we are. Say, whoa, <laughs> like pastor, like, like it's 2021. Like, didn't we leave all that junk behind? Like, can't, can't you encourage me for just a second? Like, isn't the first sermon of the year supposed to be happy? Isn't the first sermon of the year be like, high five, let's do this thing. And and church, like it it is. Because remember what I just said in the beginning, we're going to come out of the corner swinging. Like that's the encouragement. The encouragement is to come out and fight. The encouragement is you don't have to be backed in your corner. The encouragement is you don't have to carry around the baggage that you've been carrying around your entire life. The encouragement is there truly is freedom. The question is, are we going to face the demons and step into the freedom? So there's two quick things. Number one, it's up to you. And number two, it's absolutely possible. Just see number one. Like, like it's, it's that simple. It's up to you. It starts between your ears. What conversations are you having with yourself? What's that self-talk look like? Are, are you talking yourself up or talking yourself down? Because the way you talk to yourself is the way that you'll talk to others. The way that you address yourself is the way that you'll address society. What's the self-talk in between your own ears? So let's take a look at this freedom. And I'm going to lay out a foundation for this, uh, for this series. And we're going to talk through the book of Exodus. Uh, we're going to talk through Moses and, and the Israelites. So that's going to be our starting point. So the Israelites, for those who don't know, the Israelites are God's chosen people in Scripture. And, and the Israelites were actually in captivity for 400 years. And, and scripture says this, despite the harsh, if not brutal conditions, they were able to not only survive, but to thrive. Could, could you imagine being in captivity for 400 years? Could you imagine for generation after generation after generation after generation, your family being imprisoned? But scripture says this in Exodus chapter 1 verse 12, the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied. The more hardship they faced, the more they multiplied. The more the enemy tried to beat them in the face, the more they multiplied. The more they were backed into a corner, the more they multiplied. Suffering and hardship is is a necessary part of the Christian life, but the bondage that can be brought on by hardship is not. Listen, suffering and hardship is going to happen, but the bondage that can come with it, it's not yours to carry, It's not yours to hold, and it's not yours to look back to and use as an excuse. Whoever told you that life was going to be easy, flat out lied to you. But on the other hand, if you're looking at yourself, and you're telling yourself that life is too hard, and that you can't get over it, you're lying to yourself. When we look at scripture, God wanted his people to be free, free to worship him, free to raise their families, free to tend their flocks free to tend their fields, free to grow and to flourish and to thrive. But in order to accomplish this, God had to raise up Moses. So if you're not familiar with the story in the book of Exodus, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush and he revealed his plan. If you remember the story, Moses did not make this plea to Pharaoh just once. There were actually 10 plagues that had to happen before uh, before the Israelites were set free. Have you ever read that story and wondered what was going on? Have you ever read that story and and go, okay, 
So God, he's like the God of the universe. He can create everything. There's not anything that can stop him. But for some reason, it looked like in the beginning that the first nine plagues didn't work. It looked like that God needed 10 plagues to fulfill setting the Israelites free. So why so many seemingly failed attempts? And why did it take so long? Most scholars would actually say that the 10 plagues took place over the course of an entire year. Over an entire year. Sometimes the only thing worse than having no hope at all is having your hopes raised to be broken, to fall back on the ground. Could you imagine being the Israelites? Plague number one. Here we go. We're going to get free. No, we're not. All right. A couple months later, plague number two. We're going to get free. No, we're not. All right. Here we go. All right. And it was back and forth. It was back and forth. It was back and forth. Most of us understand that God does everything for a reason. But can I remind us, church, that God wasn't trying to figure, figure things out. God wasn't just experimenting. He wasn't trying to make Moses look like a fool. He wasn't trying to shatter the hope of the Israelites. So what was he doing? As the Lord prepared his people for the Passover, Scripture says this in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. And this is what we're going to be dissecting the next few weeks. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. So notice both gods and judgments is plural. It's not singular. So God doesn't say, I'm going to execute one judgment on one person or one God and we're going to be done. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to cover everything. See, each one of the plagues is directly related to one of the gods of the Egyptians. So God was actually purposeful in the plagues. With each one, he was identifying, exposing, and defeating a layer of Egyptian bondage. So let's consider this from a different perspective. Let me ask you these questions. What if the 10 plagues of Egypt were not 10 failed attempts? What if they were 10 steps towards freedom? What if each step was necessary for freedom for the Israelites? Let's flip the script a little bit. What if your past attempts at obtaining freedom were not failed attempts? What if you just stopped too soon? See, I said this earlier, some of us have been staring at the same demons for years. Some of us have been staring at the same failures for years. Maybe, maybe we've just stopped a little too short. You guys seen those, uh, anybody, any meme fam, like fans in here? Anybody like memes? Anybody like send memes to people randomly? My guy. Caitlin said if you sat there, I was going to call you out. There's your call out, Damon. We send memes a lot. We send pictures a lot. Uh, anybody seen like, this has been like, a, I think this was a meme before a meme. This probably was like on those calendar sketches. Y'all remember those calendar sketches we all used to tear off? That was like a real life meme. But it was like, it was like those calendars where it's like the guy's digging for diamonds or something. And then he like, he stops and he's carrying his pickaxe and like walking away. And then the other guy like hits the, the uh, underneath the ground one time and he like gets all the, anybody know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. I'm gonna keep going. Uh, but what if we've just, what if we've just stopped too soon? What if you came into an understanding of how God was working in your life and partnered with the work of the Spirit to enter into a greater freedom than you ever thought was possible? What if in this season we say, God, I'm going to take you at your word. What what if in this season we say something along the lines of, all right, if I was a betting man, I'll, I'll bet you. 
All right, God, you, you say, you say in, in your words, you say in the Bible that if I partner with you, if I go through the steps, then I will truly be free. Okay. I think I, think I can give it a shot. I think I can give it my, my best effort. And I, I think the reason that we would give it our best effort now is because of what we're coming out of. I think the reason we would give it our best effort now is because we really do feel like we've gone 10 rounds with the heavyweight champion. I feel like we would give it our best effort now because our eyes are starting to look up to heaven going, there's got to be something better than what I'm experiencing right now. What if God used 2020 just to get your attention? What, what if God actually used 2020 just to get you to go, what if? What if? What if God used the 10 plagues in Egypt as steps to go, what if? What if we keep going? What if we have enough faith? What if we keep moving forward? Think about it as a straitjacket. Imagine that you're breaking someone out of prison and, and you get, probably not prison because that, we're in church and that's, that's probably not a good thing. Uh, scratch that analogy. Uh, imagine we were uh, rescuing, I was going to say Marines. Um, I was a Marine. I am a Marine. Um, I was going to say let's rescue Marines overseas, but uh, it was probably the army that got trapped and then the Marines were sent in to get, no, anybody get my joke? All right, so imagine that you have a Marine recon team and they've been sent in to, uh, to get the uh, um, army soldiers that were behind enemy lines or the Navy or the Coast Guard. Wait, the Coast Guard doesn't leave, so they're irrelevant. Uh, figure if I'm going to bash one branch, I better bash all of the branches. The Navy's like waiting on us to get back. The Air Force is sitting in their room like telling us where everybody is. Can I get some laughs out of that? That's funny stuff, right? Hey, anybody in the military in here? Was anybody in the military? I got like, that's why I only got two laughs, all right? Hey, thank you for your service. Um, but imagine this Marine recon team, I digress. Uh, imagine that this Marine recon team is, is uh, going behind enemy lines and, and they get to these Army soldiers and, and when they see the Army soldiers, not only were they in bondage, but they were in a straitjacket. And imagine that this straitjacket had 10 buckles on it. Now, listen, we could just say, hey, follow us. We know the way out. But if we got into any skirmish, if we got into any firefight, if we had to fight our way through, then the army guys would be irrelevant. Why? Because they're fastened. Wouldn't it make sense to unbuckle every single buckle to get them out of a straitjacket? What if that was truly what the 10 plagues were like? What if God said, yeah, I can give you your freedom, but you would never truly be free because you would still be in Egyptian bondage. You would never truly be free because you don't understand what true freedom looks like. True freedom isn't just walking away from the enemy. True freedom, imagine I'm in a straitjacket. True freedom isn't just me walking away. True freedom is me getting out of the straitjacket. True freedom is having the buckles unbuckled. True freedom is being able to move and to fight and to expand the kingdom. That's what true freedom looks like. So what if that's what these 10 plagues were? I believe this is what God was doing in the 10 plagues. He was undoing 10 buckles of a straitjacket before he set his people completely free from the prison they were in. I believe this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life in 2021. He's undoing layers of bondage in our life one at a time. Church, this isn't to frustrate us. But it's so that we may ultimately be more free than we ever were before. So what does it look like to begin your journey to freedom? Number one is this. 
we all have areas in our life that we need freedom from. It wasn't just some of the Israelites who needed freedom. They all needed freedom from the least to the greatest, including Moses. Moses needed freedom just as much as anybody else did. I'm not going to sit up here and go, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm going to teach this to you over the next few weeks, and and you guys are going to get free, and I've got it figured out. No, your boy's dealing with some junk. Your boy's got stuff in his life. Sure, I have the title of a pastor. That means absolutely nothing. I still get punched in the face just like everybody else. I, I still go through life just like everyone else. My challenge is this. Let's walk through it together. I'm tired of of speakers and pastors kind of getting up and and acting like everything is perfect. No, life sucks sometimes, but what kind of mindset are we going to have? So what I'm going to say is this. I'm going to say, I'm going to have a growth mindset. Will you join me? I'm going to say, this is the stuff that I'm dealing with. Will you join me? I'm going to say stuff like, I've got my own straitjacket. Sure, I might have a few buckles undone, but there's a few more that need to be undone in my life. And I need true freedom just as much as anyone else in the room. We all need freedom. Freedom from anger and materialism. Freedom freedom from fear and from worry and insecurity. Freedom from the, the opinions of others. You guys get the idea. We all need freedom from something. Number two is this. Sometimes it will get worse before it gets better. I mentioned it earlier. We're not going to sit in a circle, hold hands, and sing kumbaya. We're not going to act like this is the day and here we go. It's going to be better from this day forward. No, Scripture says it's going to get worse before it gets better. Pastor, are you kidding me? Like worse than what we just experienced? Probably. Yeah, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Let me, let me show you what happened in Scripture. It's the bricks without straw principle. So if you remember, a few plagues happened in Scripture, and we're going to unpack this over the next few weeks, but a few plagues happened, and, and Pharaoh goes, you know what? Not only do, do the Israelites have to work harder and work more and build more, when they're making their bricks, they actually have to gather their own straw now. So in Scripture, what would happen is the Egyptians would bring the straw to the Israelites, and then the Israelites had their work area, and then they would begin to make bricks and to build for Pharaoh whatever Pharaoh wanted built. But Pharaoh looks at the Israelites and goes, okay, your God wants to send some plagues. That's fine. You're going to work harder. You want freedom? Nah, we're actually going to oppress you even more. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. The more they were backed into a corner, the more they multiplied. Sometimes it may seem like it's getting worse before it gets better. But what if you're being backed down so far that your only option is to come out swinging? See, some of us don't know what it means to fight. Some some of us have... um, a different type of, of Christianity. I'll just put it this way. Some of us have a soft Christianity. Some of us had never fought for anything when it comes to our Christian faith at any point in our life. And what if, what if now is the season that we have to come out fighting? Number three is this. When God exposes something in your life, it's for the purpose of freeing you from it. So don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel defeated. The underlying root cause of your bondage needs to be brought to the surface and exposed so it can be defeated and removed. God is exposing these areas not to shame you, but to free you. Because what remains hidden cannot be dealt with. But what is exposed can ultimately be healed. The band will go ahead and come back up. In many cases, people want freedom Uh, But we've tried and and failed and we've tried and we failed and we've tried and we failed. So what do we need? 
Three, three things that we need. And again, we're going to unpack these over the next few weeks. But the first one is this. The first one is we need hope. Know that your past failed attempts do not define your future reality. What if, what if you dared to hope again? What if you had hope for the future? What if you had hope for your family? What if you had hope for your lost kids? What if you had hope for those family members who seem far away from God? What if you had hope for your own life? What if you had hope for the divine design that God's put inside of you? What if you had hope for what you feel like God has called you to do in your life? Number two is this, we need vision. What if you could begin to see a picture of your future? What if you actually dared to dream again? Just for a moment, if everyone would close their eyes. Nobody's looking around. What's the dream that you have in your heart? What's the dream that you have in your mind? Maybe some of you are thinking back to when you were first, when you were first saved. When you first stepped into a relationship with Jesus. I'm willing to bet in a room this size that there's someone in this room that they, when they first stepped into their relationship with Jesus or maybe a few months after, they felt called to full-time ministry. And for some reason, they've never made the step. Maybe they felt like they weren't good enough. Maybe they felt like if anyone ever really knew my past, there's no way I could ever be a pastor. Maybe you feel like God has called you to step into full-time ministry, but for some reason, you didn't. Maybe, maybe that dream or that vision, maybe you're in the room and, and, and you felt called to start your own business. And, and for some reason, you've just never fully committed to it. For some reason, you've never fully stepped out. What, what if God's called you to grow a family? Can, can I be a little vulnerable? I didn't, I didn't ask my wife if I could share this, so love you, babe. Forgive me. Everybody's eyes are closed. Oh, we're five bucks now. I owe people a lot of money for telling stories. Um, so earlier, so we, we have a, a daughter. Her name's Piper Gray. She's about three and a half years old. And I tell you what, Christmas with a three, y'all can look at me. Y'all don't have to keep your eyes closed for this. Uh, Christmas, they're, they're open now, I'm sorry. Um, Christmas with a three and a half year old is fun, man. Like, I almost wanted to wrap the presents back up and like do it all over again the next day. Like, it was just a lot of fun. But if, if I'm honest with you, uh, earlier in, in 2020, um, Jenna and I, we lost, we lost a baby. Jenna had a miscarriage or we had a miscarriage. and She made a post while we were on vacation. And uh, she said, started, started the year with being pregnant. We're ending the year with being pregnant. To God's faithful, we have another little girl on the way. She's due at the beginning of May. Y'all pray for me because I'm going to have two girls. I don't know what God's thinking. Like, you messed up, dude. Like, you can give me two girls. But there was a season. I told y'all I was going to be vulnerable because we all need freedom. This isn't even in my notes, but I'm sharing it. So we found out we were pregnant, lost the baby. A couple months go by, and, and Jenna, Jenna kind of approached me, and she said, hey, like, when do you want to? You want to try again? When do you want to try to have an, another baby? When do you want to try to get pregnant again? And uh, 
if I'm honest with you, my, my immediate response was, I don't. I'm good with one. And her immediate response was something along the lines of, well, two months ago, you didn't have an option. So what makes you think you get an option now? <laughs> like, we're, we're going to try again. And the reason why, the reason why I didn't want to try is because I was scared of the past. I was scared of the miscarriage. Also, I think we need to normalize miscarriages a little bit in our society. It happens a lot more often than we think they do. And there are, there are women, there are mothers, and there are fathers that hurt because of it. But I was, I was scared of it. And I allowed it to be a crutch in my life. I looked back at that and I went, I don't want to go through that again. I look back at that and I go, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's worth it. I don't know if that's worth the commitment. I don't want to feel those feelings ever again. I was scared of it. I was scared of the bondage. I was scared of the emotions. But what if, what if I dared to dream again? What if I dared to think about what the future would look like with kids running through our house? And I tell you what, Christmas morning when Piper was ripping through the presents and I had those emotions, I went, man, we got, a, we got another one coming. We, we get to do this even more. Some of us are scared of our visions and scared of our future because we're scared of dealing with stuff that we've had to deal with in the past. Number three is we need steps. What if someone gave you a roadmap to actually get to your freedom? What if you dare to take steps forward again? Your past failed attempts were not failed attempts. They were steps. Maybe you've just stopped too soon. See, here's the reality, church. You didn't just trip into bondage. So what makes you think you're going to stumble out of it? You didn't just trip into your straitjacket, so you're not going to just somehow magically come out of it. We have to take the step. Sorry, pastor, what's the steps look like? Well, for us and, and for our family and for this church, what it looks like is 21 days of prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that God still moves. We believe that we can truly see freedom. So for us, the, the 21 days of prayer 21 Days of Freedom starts next Monday. So not, not tomorrow, but a week from Monday. Why do we do it a week from Monday? We want to give you guys some time to really prepare for it because we take it seriously. What, what do we do? We pray and we fast. We pray and we fast. Remember our first, one of our first scriptures, with prayer, and, with prayer, fasting, and petitioning heaven. We take scripture literally. Hey, if you don't have the Multiply app, Make sure you download the Multiply app. All you have to do is go to the app store, Multiply Family of Churches, pick the Lake Norman location. Why do I tell you that? Because we're going to have 21 days of content to actually walk through freedom. What does it look like to pray every single day for 21 days? What does it look like to dive into scripture for 21 days? Some of us have been in the church for a while, and, and sure, you, you might have a routine, but, but man, what if we become a little complacent? What if we become too complacent? There's going to be content available. It's going to be on the website as well. We also have uh, written content for you to answer some questions, for you to walk through scripture. We have video content that our entire staff has kind of put together. We're taking this thing seriously. What if for the next 21 days we stay committed to getting our hopes up? 
See, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 9 says this. God's speaking and he says, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and I will rescue you from your slavery. I will redeem you with the powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from all of your oppression. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. Why? He says, because I am the Lord. But, but check, check this. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord has said. Moses told Israel that God is speaking. God is going to free you. This is what scripture says. But they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Church discouragement is one of the greatest tools of the enemy. If the enemy can keep you discouraged, then he can keep you from freedom. If the enemy can keep you discouraged, he keeps you from your future. So what if today you said something along the lines of, I declare my freedom. I declare my freedom from guilt and shame. I declare my freedom from sinful habits. I declare my freedom from the fear of failing, from the fear of being great. I declare my freedom from laziness. I declare my freedom from inconsistency. I declare my freedom from depression all across this room. If you would go ahead and stand. Should we declare our freedom?